Welcome to God is Open. I'm your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we are going to be doing a review of this article, The Augustinian Dualism of Layton Flowers' Provisionism. Now, this was an article that was sent to me for comment on. Someone wanted to hear what I thought about this, if it has any meaning, or if it is just nonsense. So this article is written by a guy, um, Bobby Groh, and he seems to be a self-identified evangelical Calvinist. And his premise is that Leighton Flowers and classical Calvinists are both wrong about being Christ-centered, and he has a third option that truly is Christ-centered. But his main criticism is against Leighton Flowers, because Leighton Flowers claims to have a Christ-centered theology. I've highlighted a few things in the article. Flowers' premise is as follows. He believes that classical Calvinists' theistic determinism keeps them from operating from a genuinely Christocentric approach because instead they think from a God who deterministically causes all things to obtain through decrees. I don't know if uh, that entire sentence was phrased correctly. It did kind of read a little bit oddly. But the idea is that Flowers' claims, in, in the eyes of this Calvinist here, is that Flowers criticizes uh, traditional Calvinists because God acts deterministically, which may or may not be the case. I, I do find it very problematic when people are quoting opponents or summarizing their views and fail to quote or point to resources where people could go confirm that they're just not doing a hit job, building a straw man, and actually, actually genuinely reporting the things that that person actually believes. Um, that would probably be better for this article rather than me taking this guy's word about what Leighton Flowers believes about various subjects. And so the idea is that Leighton Flowers wants to claim that his theology is Christ-centered as opposed to Calvinists who think deterministically. And our friend here believes he has the way to reclaim this phrase. He's got the third option. Notice that this is word thinking. This entire article is not about substantive things of value. This is about reclaiming a certain phrase for propaganda reasons. It feels nice to say that your your theology is Christ-centric. Boyd has his Christ-centric uh, hermeneutic. Uh, Laid Flowers has his Christ-centered theology. It does sound nice, and so people are going to try to want to take that phrase and use that phrase for themselves. This is a battle about semantics, not real ideas. This is a battle for phrasing and frame. This is a low-level thinking. He goes on to explain provisionism. He says, according to Flowers, God and Christ died for all humanity. Us evangelical Calvinists don't disagree with him on this point. You don't? Okay, I guess. I guess Calvinists think that Christ died for all humanity, all with exceptions or all without exceptions or all, all types of people or all people. Uh, you might want to clarify, he might, I, I don't know what this evangelical Calvinist group is, but it doesn't sound, if he's, if this is accurate, what he's saying doesn't sound like classical Calvinism, thus providing a provision for all who will. God provides for all, so provisionism. So that makes sense. But then he will go awry. He posits in contradiction to classical Calvinism that human beings simpliciter are born with a God-given capacity to say yes or no to God's provision of salvation to whomever will. 
he rejects the notion of original sin. That'd be news to me. I don't I don't watch Laid Flowers enough to know whether or not he accepts or rejects original sin or what his thoughts are about uh, what that means or if, it, if that... I just don't know. So I'll just assume our Calvinist friend here is right. Flowers maintains that his theory of salvation is genuinely... Christocentric purely because God in Christ has made provision through unlimited atonement for all humanity. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think that's false. I don't think he's purely doing it for that reason. Um, his theory of, of salvation sounds more Christocentric because there's relationships involved. There's gives and takes to bridge this gap. So it's Christocentric. Whereas in normal Calvinism, um, everything's just determined by God. Everything must happen the way it is. Everything is just a facet of the universe. Everything is just meticulously controlled, a cog. It, it must exist by necessity. They won't use those words. They won't use those words, but everything exists by necessity. The world that God created, all things must occur as it was created timelessly. So everything is subject to fate. Uh, there's there's no real mechanism playing out. There's no give and take in this world. There's no discursive where one thing adds up to another. There's there's no additive things. Things just happen because those things have been predestined. Cause and consequence are gone. You see, flowers, and this is the irony, is still operating from what us evangelical Calvinists would identify as a dualistic Augustinian frame of reference. This type of dualism operates necessarily so from a competitive frame of reference. And so he's going to get into this thing where he's like, oh, the categories are all messed up. Um, there's there's no competition between God and man. There, there's this person who's Jesus. And our our theory is Christocentric because Jesus is this God-man that bridges the gaps and collapses these categories. So it's not dualistic anymore, which... Um, yeah, he's, he's just using words to try to confuse the issues. Does he think that God is man? So what is a God human in Jesus if these categories aren't real categories? If human and God are just the same or if this collapses? I don't even think this man understands the hypostatic union and what's actually believed about the hypostatic union. So I'd be very interested to ask him, was the human part of Jesus God? I'd like him to answer that without obfuscation, without, you don't understand the hypostatic. I, I do understand better than you. Was the human part of Jesus God? And the Calvinist answer is no, because the human cannot be God. There's no, none of this uh, God-human hybrid that you would have in classical Judaism. In, in classical Judaism, the spiritual realm had significant overlap with the physical realm, People could go to heaven and angels could come to earth. Spirits had form and location often, not necessarily always, but there's holy ground that people could step on. The spiritual and physical are intertwined and overlapped in the Israelite mind. In Platonism, no, the spiritual is not the physical. There's a sharp divide. And for that reason, God cannot be human. The human part of Jesus cannot be God. So I'd like him to answer that. I think he's actually just playing word games. This is word thinking, very low level thinking, trying to reclaim things. He sees a phrase that he likes, Christ-centered, and he says, oh, how can that be our claim? And so he comes up with this thing, oh, this, this uh, predetermined uh, Christ-man 
thing because that uh, initiates some sort of divine purpose. Now our theology is the Christ-centric one. Whereas he's ignoring uh, what what it seems to be what he identifies as the criticism of Light and Flowers, that determinism makes everything null and void. There, there's, there's not everything's a facet of the universe in determinism. There's, there's no operating mechanisms that provide any purpose. Everything is determined. Everything's meaningless. Everything's meaningless in this system. Evangelical Calvinists offer a genuinely Christ-conditioned alternative to the whole of the sort of Augustinian-laced dualisms that both the provisionists and the classical Calvinists respectively suffer from. He goes on to say, For the evangelical Calvinists, Jesus is God's salvation realized in the world, not in a corporate or hypothetical sense, as the provisionists tactically want to maintain, but in an actualized sense, such that all of humanity has indeed been redeemed and atoned for in Jesus Christ, just because he is God's humanity for the world. And so Jesus is functioning as some sort of weird mechanism, MacGuffin, if you will, some sort of uh, ah, creature that breaches through time and space and, and implements some sort of metaphysical change. And so in that way, since Jesus has this divine MacGuffin status, that makes their theology Christ-centered because they conceptualize the metaphysics of Jesus in a particular way. This is their argument. That doesn't sound very Christ-centered to me. Christ-centered sounds to me like uh, if my life is kid-centered, then I would live and breathe and act for my kids. I would do things with my kids. I'd hang out with my kids. My life being kid-centered would not involve me thinking that they differ in some sort of metaphysical sense from normal kids or something like that. It's just weird. It's just weird. He's just claiming because he has this super metaphysical view of the purpose and function of Christ. Now his his theology is Christocentric. So it's words games. He, he's, using, he's using word games to try to take a phrase for framing reasons. He wants that frame. But that doesn't sound Christ-centric. Christ-centric is interaction with Jesus. Jesus being a practical value. Practical value that people can use and interact with and have relationships with. That is what we typically, as human beings, mean by centric. But again, this is all framing. They see a phrase that they want for themselves. They try to take that phrase. And this guy is using metaphysics to try to do that. Bad idea, bad idea, word-level thinking. He says, I think Flowers has good intentions, but he doesn't have the theological resources to offer a genuinely Christocentric approach towards the theory of salvation. Oh, Leighton Flowers is just so dumb. He's just so dumb that he doesn't have your metaphysics. He doesn't have your categories. He doesn't truly think of the world like you do. Oh, you are so smart. You're so smart. Oh, I wish I was as smart as you. These people are uh, just just full of themselves. They think that they're the be-all, end-all. They think that their categories are rational categories. They they think they're descriptive of the world, and then they delight in them. They're like, oh, we got this special thing that we think of in this special way that normal people don't. We are so above normal people. They're like, we only listen to off-label bands. We, We don't listen to that mainstream music. Oh, we're so above them. Yeah, so this article seems to be just huffing and puffing, trying to word think and trying to this, this false, false superiority. Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. Not for me. I don't think this guy is uh, very intelligent. I think uh, he's, he's what Vox Day would call a midwit. I also think that the phrase Christ-centric should probably refer to people in relationship with Jesus at the center of the theology. I do think that would probably be the best definition of that. And so I don't think he has a case. Christ has a special metaphysics that I think about in a certain way. My theology is, is Christ-centric. Your theology is not Christ-centric. Christ is not a person. Christ doesn't have a practical use. It, it, it's, it's all determinism. It's all determinism. It's turtles all the way down. Anyways, thanks for listening. Comments, questions, put that down below. Thank you.